welcome to the Overdue Podcast. I'm Kelly, a librarian here at Madison College, and with me today are my colleagues from the library and the Student Achievement Center, Jordan. Hello. Erica. Hi. Dana. Hi there. And joining us via Skype uh, is our downtown librarian, Mark. Hello. And our South librarian, Brandon. Greetings. All right. I am really excited about today's show because it's about something near and dear to my heart, uh, podcasts. Uh, Podcasts we love to listen to and we love to talk about. Uh, We will also have a new segment called Fact Finders, uh, Trivial Observations with Mark, and our Anything Goes recommendations. Uh, The Podcast Insights website says 44% of the U.S. population, which is approximately 143 million people, have listened to at least one podcast. Clearly that one was the Overdue podcast. Of course, (laughs) yes. (laughs) All right. 16 million people in the U.S. are avid podcast listeners. According to Nelson, in 2018, they subscribe to an average of 13 shows and listen to about 10 hours a week. Is anyone close to that? I know I am. I have about 30, at least as of right now. And, um, yeah, I listen to at least two hours a day, probably. Yeah, okay. I think I I counted 15 podcasts I listened to, probably about two hours a day as well. Wow. Mark, Brandon? I don't listen to nearly that many, and I don't (laughs) listen to them as regularly. So... Hmm. Cool. My answer would be the same as Brandon's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, well, um, this is an interesting fact to me. About 19% of listeners increase the speed, so they listen to their podcasts faster than real time. Does anyone here do that? <laughs> no. I can't imagine. That would be so unsettling. <laughs> yeah, I do. Mine Mine has um, increments of like 0.1, I guess, so I can do like 1.1 speed or 1.5 speed. I typically don't go more than 1.2 or 1.3 because I still want to listen to it. But <laughs> if I'm getting close to the end of one and I have to wrap something up, what I'm doing, I will kind of you know do that. But wow. I don't typically do it um, for the entire podcast. Okay. okay. Yeah. All right. Huh. That's cool. Comedy is the most popular podcast genre, followed by education and news. And podcast listeners are much more active on every social media platform. Uh, 94% are active on at least one versus 81% for the entire population. The podcasting audience is well-balanced from 52% of men and 48% women. However, not so balanced is who hosts the podcast. A survey of 800 podcasts done by Josh Morgan of Quartz in January of 2016 found that out of 800 podcasts, 627 hosts were male, 239 were female, um, 679 were white, and 151 were non-white. Um, And I did my own extremely scientific survey last week um, looking at the list of the top 25 podcasts on iTunes. I found 17 of the hosts were men, six were women, and two podcasts were co-hosted by a man and a woman. So I'm not sure. I, I thought that was kind of odd. Well, maybe not, um, but um, they're just, it's maybe not podcasts are being made by women they're just not making the the top 25 which are 
pretty big podcast and they're better funded. So mm-hmm. again, it's kind of one of my uh, bugaboos about the representation of women mm-hmm. in media and sure. film. Sure, so, absolutely. so women get out there and make some podcasts. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. So we were going to go around and talk about podcasts that we like to listen to and recommend them to you all. Um, So who would like to start us out? Um, Actually, I can start out um, (laughs) just by saying that I'm the greenhorn of the the room and that I haven't really sort of consistently listen to podcasts. I don't have any regulars. Uh, You know, I've started some here and there in the past, but nothing that I stuck with. Um, And um, the only one that recently has sounded really interesting to me that I might potentially pick up um, is one called Serial that right. a neighbor recommended. He's really into it, and, um, you know, um, it's about serial killers. They usually focus <laughs> on um, one, I don't know if it's for multiple episodes or for a yeah. whole season. I, li- I listened to the first season. It's an offshoot of This American Life. Okay. And that is a podcast that is hope that is hosted by a woman, and mm-hmm. I I'm, her name is escaping me at the mm-hmm. moment. Mm-hmm. But she uh, was a a contributor to This American Life, mm-hmm. and um, I did listen to the first season. I, I the true crime genre on podcasts is extremely popular, yeah. and um, I I kind of find it. Uh, Overdone. Overdone. Okay. So I've kind of moved on, but it, it's very popular. It, so I'll tread lightly then. I won't no, let that be the gauge. I, I for think all you'll. <laughs> I think you'll enjoy the first season, um, but I the second and third season don't really sound very interesting okay. to me. Okay. So, Good to know. Yeah. See. Hopefully I think I'll, I heard that one of the seasons is about Bo Berthold. Yes. And that sounded really interesting to me. I think it's the second season. That is yeah. the second season. Yeah. 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 Well, so yeah. I'll use today to really get a lot of good ideas <laughs> right. for podcasts to listen to. All right. Jordan, would you like to recommend one? Sure. All right. Um, so I'll start with the one that um, I recently uh, discovered, I would say, within the last six months. And it is titled uh, Citations Needed. Mm-hmm. And um, it is a podcast, they claim, about the intersection of media public relations, power, and BS, which they actually say. Okay. (laughs) This is uh, self-censorship here. Right. Um, The reason why I like it, I I just wrote down some recent podcasts that I was into to talk about, but the reason why I like it is because they kind of push back on both sides of the political party. Okay. Um, And I know that I do kind of live in like a podcast bubble where I lean more progressive or liberal, but these guys also are... um, totally fine with coming out to people who who say that they're liberal but do act in ways that may not be um, in what I would consider like the best interest of some of the people. Mm. Um, One of the really interesting ones that I uh, listened to was, it was called How the West Wing Poisoned the Liberal Mind. Okay. And they talked (laughs) about how this show heavily influenced the politics of dozens of high-status Obama-era liberals. Oh, I can see that. And sure. I, I never watched The West Wing, but uh, I now don't know if I will. But you know, maybe, it's a good maybe show. It's a good show. I, it? I, it was. I, yeah. It, yeah. I know that I've uh, watched um, like an HBO uh, something version that was also written by Aaron Sorkin. I think mm-hmm. was but it then, called but, The Newsroom? Yeah. yeah. So, so that's that's kind of the only. Um, uh, I guess litmus that I would kind of know about the show might be like, but I guess the West Wing did coin POTUS, the term POTUS. I guess, okay. like oh. in the very first episode, I think. Okay, a little tidbit of, of, of uh, <laughs> trivia there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, should I do another one, or should we kind of go around and talk? Well, uh, Brandon, uh, what, what would you recommend for us? 
I would recommend the Art of Manliness podcast. <laughs> okay. It's just for men. Just um, for men, okay. He said he doesn't think it's It says on their webpage that the Art of Manliness podcast is... Uh, it aims to help men become better men. However, I think some of the topics are universal. Actually, most of the topics are universal. And they've had such guests as Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs. Oh, yes. Walter Isaacson, the uh, well-known author. Okay. And Nassim Talib, who I, I've read several books by him, and I like mm-hmm. him quite a bit. Mm-hmm. But they talk about all manner of things. Mm-hmm. I right. think it's a very interesting podcast. All right. Um, and Mark, how about you? Would you recommend one for us? Or two? I'm um, sure. Believe it or not, there are actually several podcasts about Scooby Doo out there. <laughs> uh, many are kid friendly. Uh, I'm going to recommend an adult uh, based one <laughs> called Meddling Kids. And um, they talk about uh, uh, Scooby Doo episodes and uh, themes and some of the thematic questions that uh, um, episodes are based around are, for example, uh, is Fred actually a serial killer? And there's one whole one uh, devoted to why does Daphne have such bad posture? Um, so it's, uh, it's it's basically a bunch of shaggies sitting around and talking about Scooby-Doo. So. Sure. What a great idea. All right. Um, Dana, why don't you recommend one for us? Um, okay, so I'm going to recommend a podcast that was actually something that Kelly recommended to me not too long <laughs> ago, um, and it's called uh, The Future State with Richard A. Clark. Um, he kind of goes by Dick. Um, he is currently the chairman of two national and international strategic planning and corporate risk management firms, which he calls his day job. He's also an on-air consultant for ABC News, and he's also an adjunct faculty member at both Harvard Kennedy School and Belfer Center for Science and International Affairs. Before that, he was the National Coordinator for Security, Infrastructure Protection, and Counterterrorism for the United States under the Clinton administration, and then also the Assistant Assistant Secretary of State for Political Military Affairs under the first George Bush administration. So this guy, um, he knows his stuff. <laughs> and um, he is interviewing some pretty heavy hitters, and they discuss what he calls... Um, some of the most important things people should be thinking about before these November 2018 elections. Um, and some of the topics are terrorism, our the U.S.'s shrinking role as a world superpower, nuclear deals, nuclear war, fascism, veterans, media, cyber war, and etc. So I definitely w- would recommend checking that out. Yeah, it's really, it's, it it's, very it's very good. And and uh, Richard Clark often show not often, but he's been on Bill Maher several times. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, sh- he shows up on those, um, the early morning talk shows from time to time. I see him. And uh, very interesting person. Hmm. Yep. Do you have another one you'd like to recommend? Um. I have actually a bunch more, but in the interest of time, I'm going to just kind of give one um, of my serious ones and one of my less serious ones. Um, I really enjoy sometimes, so I have a pretty set bedtime routine with my children, (laughs) and it always involves reading three books while they eat a snack, 
and they'll go to the bathroom, brush their teeth, and then once they're in bed, we'll tell them a story. Sometimes I am just too exhausted to come up with a story. So I found that there are tons of podcasts with original content from parents telling stories to their kids. And a couple of the names, um, one of them is one of the Australians that I've mentioned, um, and that is uh, Bedtime FM Storytime. Uh, Tales from the Lily Pad is another one. That's a Canadian mom. She calls herself Lily. <laughs> and then uh, Be Calm on Awe Island, that one, um, it's really cool because they go through a guided meditation and then they tell this story. So those are, um, it's That's a really neat cool. genre. Yeah. All right. And I'd like to recommend, um, well, my serious side and then I have a silly side. So. For my serious, I listen to a ton of political podcasts, which I shouldn't. <laughs> I think if I got back, I would probably sleep better and be calmer. Um, <laughs> but I'm trying to maybe not listen to the ones that are so um, uh, angry. And um, I highly recommend um, Stay Tuned with Preet. And Preet Bharara is a former U.S. attorney who has the distinction of being the first person fired by the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last episode was uh, his guest, Fareed Zakaria, uh, which you're probably familiar with him if you watch any of um, CNN. And he, he, the episode was about the death of um, his colleague at the Washington Post, uh, Jamal Khashoggi. And um, it was really, really very good. Um, and the episode before that um, was titled Making Centrism Sexy with the conservative Max Boot. And so Preet has a very calm delivery. He never gets excited. He just talks through the issues. He talks to the conservative side and the liberal side. And it's always just one guest. So, uh, and he doesn't like throw softballs at people. He's, you know, asked very good questions. And another great thing, he answers viewers or sorry, listeners' questions. Um, and he's very knowledgeable, of course. And um, so, I really recommend that one. And also another political one is um, one called Slow Burn. Mm. which is one of Slate's, uh, they, they must put out 50 podcasts. Um, but uh, uh, season one was all about uh, Watergate, and um, but Watergate from a different perspective. Um, we've all probably seen the film All the President's Men, mm. and it seems like, boy, it just happens in a couple of weeks. But really it took two years from the break-in mm-hmm. to when uh, Nixon resigns. Mm-hmm. And then season two was um, all about the Clinton impeachment. And um, I found it just as good as season one. And, in fact, I listened to each episode twice. There's just so much information there. And um, I um, I don't want to say too much about it, except that it did change my mind about the way things ended up. Mm-hmm. And um, certainly it's changed my view. Of course, 20, 20 years later, it changed my view on maybe what should have happened, um, and maybe we wouldn't be in such a, a mess and polarized uh, uh, country right now. Um, but anyway, my challenge to you is listen to this and let me know if it changed your mind. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Brandon. Um, I, I just want to stick mine with what I have. Okay, all right. <laughs> I all just right. think it's so good, I think everyone should give it a shot. Okay, <laughs> we will. And, and Mark, did you have another podcast you'd like to recommend? Um, actually, it has to do with my recommendation at the end, so I'll, I'll pass. Okay, you'll pass for now. Okay, 
And um, Jordan, you have another one? Yeah. Um, I had two more, but maybe I'll just go with, with uh, the one that I think is more appropriate here. Um, this one is called Teach Better, and it is um, the host, Doug McKee, who is from the Co- Cornell Economics Department. And it's a general blog about uh, teaching and the educational system in general. Mm-hmm. And um, as a physics major, one of my favorite ones was uh, talking to Professor Max Stetzer, which is a University of Maine Department of Physics and Astronomy. And they talk about teaching physics teachers on how mm-hmm. you can potentially get more outcome if you kind of approach um, uh, the class in a, in, a, in a more novel way, or at least they kind of throw on different ideas of how you could bring out um, um, the, the knowledge through uh, less uh, lecture-based um, interaction, I guess. Um, another one was classroom observations um, from with Marilyn uh, Staines, I believe, from the University of Nebraska Department of Chemistry, and course evaluations with Betsy Barr, with, uh, who was the Wake Forest ex- uh, Executive Director of Teaching and Learning Collaborative. So once a month or maybe once every two months, Teach Better will come out with one, and I wait until I know that I have about an hour and a half to two hours of uninterrupted time, and so on and so forth. Okay. Great. Um, Well, I had kind of a silly one to end on uh, for me. Um, I enjoy this uh, podcast called Coffee Clatch Crew. (laughs) And it's a couple um, named Christina and Jason who review television shows like Game of Thrones and Westworld. And this isn't your average just let's recap the show and, you know, uh, laugh a lot. Um, But it's an in-depth analysis. Um, And they talk about uh, fan theories, their own theories, Easter eggs, and they answer Mm -hmm. listeners' questions. And um, However, don't look for the podcast to come out the next day. Like Game of Thrones is on Sunday. They spend about three or four days Mm -hmm. preparing their script. They watch it several times. Mm -hmm. They kind of drive themselves crazy with it. but uh, it, it's really good, and um, they have other shows that they've um, reviewed for, which I haven't watched yet. But just because I know they're reviewing them, mm-hmm. I want to give them a try. Right. And that would be The Magicians and Sherlock. Um, has anybody watched those? No. Um, there's several Sherlock shows. I don't know. I'm guessing if, it's the latest. Okay. Yeah. Um, I know that I've seen one of them with like Benedict come come back. Yeah, I think it's. I'm pretty that, sure it's that. That's one. probably the more popular one. I would yeah. Mm-hmm. I've seen the show and I do kind of like okay. um, their approach too. Yeah. yeah. So I recommend them, especially for something like Westworld, which is often very confusing and. <laughs> so they, yeah, we stopped watching Westworld. Oh, okay. <laughs> I still enjoy it. Maybe to pick it up at a, at a later date, but right now it's a little too much. Okay. Yeah. All right. So um, next up, um, trivial observations with Mark. Okay, and uh, since we're talking about podcasts today, uh, the title of this week's trivia is Previously on the Overdue Podcast. (laughs) Uh, This is the 17th Overdue Podcast we're producing. Since, again, the topic of today's podcast is podcast, we're going to test the panel with questions about guests and segments from our previous podcast chronologically from the beginning up to today's episode. All right, we're ready. (laughs) Okay, and if you're playing at home, you might be able to answer some of the questions if you visit our podcast page at libguides.madisoncollege.edu slash podcast. All right. All right, there's eight questions. Your first one, the Overdue Podcast originally started as an offshoot of the Overdue Book Club run by the library staff. What book club selection was referenced through 
throughout the first five episodes of the podcast. Oh, the um, should be pretty easy. Yeah, oh, the, I know that one. <laughs> was it the water book? Right. Yeah. The, the memory uh, of memory water. Of water. Yes. Yep. I was very, very good. Memory of water. Uh, can you remember the author? Yeah, Emmy Itari. <laughs> oh, very good. Yeah. Excellent. Yay. <laughs> and Dana, what country was she from? Sweden. No, Finland. So, Finland. Yeah, right? <laughs> yes, she was Finnish. <laughs> okay. Question number two. The special guest in episode five was Madison College instructor Matthew Lazara. In addition to teaching at Madison College, he is also an associate scientist and research meteorologist on what continent? Antarctica. Antarctica. That one. Is. Very good. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, fun guy to talk to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a great, um, great podcast. And for people who haven't had a chance to listen to that podcast, uh, some really fascinating stuff from him. So okay. uh, I think all of us that were involved would recommend listening to it. Yep. Mm-hmm. The special guest in episode six was Madison College instructor Marty Richards, a really great user of the Madison College libraries. In addition to teaching English in Madison College, at the time, um, she was a faculty advisor of what Madison College student club? Um, wow. Is it the, the Native Na- American the, students? Yeah, the Native American Student Union? or what? Uh, Yes. Yes, okay. Very good. Yay. All right. The theme of episode seven was summer reading. The special guest for that episode recommended what software from the Demco company to enhance summer reading. <laughs> Erica, you want to take this one? <laughs> I believe that was Wandu Reader. <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> well done. Very good. I have no idea what that uh, is. We're laughing because Erica was our special guest. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and it's just a summer reading program app, so kids can follow along and keep track. Oh, cool. Yeah. And by the way, how did it go with uh, your kids that summer with that? Uh, it went really well. We actually did it last summer as well. Um, it, it gets a little trickier the older the kids get, so they have to read more to earn these dragon dollars, but it went well. They had fun. Very cool. Yeah. Question number five. Episode nine special guest Kat Larson talked about her experiences starting a feminist club at Madison College. In the fall semester of 2018, Kat is a member of the Madison College's Student Senate, and she is also the president of Madison College's chapter of what academic honor society? Phi Theta Kappa. Very good. Yeah. Oh, very good. <laughs> Yeah. This is great. I'm this killing special, it. <laughs> I'm sorry? I said, this is great. I'm killing it. I usually don't know any of the answers. Everybody is doing very, very well. Um, this special guest um, who discussed the theme of nostalgia in television and film also frequently discusses the topic on Wisconsin Public Radio. Uh, Jonathan Pollock. Correct. Yay. All right, you guys are uh, six for six. Excellent. Great. Um, Question number seven. Episode 14 included the recommendation of what documentary film in the Madison College libraries about the self-described world's largest trivia contest held in Stevens Point, Wisconsin? I know that one. All right. 
Trivia Trivia Town. (laughs) Trivia Town. (laughs) That's a great one. And if you haven't given it a view, uh, give it a view. It's uh, it's entertaining. It is, Mm -hmm. yep. And the final question. To this point, how many Madison College library and academic support staff, uh, current or retired, have been involved in some way in overdue podcast? Oh, wow. There's a specific number. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna guess twenty just for that, but I know that's probably inaccurate. Um, it's pretty close. You overshot it just a little bit. Okay. We'd like to get it to that number, but uh, not quite. God. Eighteen. <laughs> We're just guessing. Also though. overshot just slightly. <laughs> just less slightly. Sixteen. <laughs> uh, you're getting closer. Fifteen. I'm uh, very, very close now. 14? 14. 14. All right. Great. And uh, that's, um, that's it for this week. So. All right. Well, thank you, Mark. Um, Those are good questions. Yep. Thank you. Great questions. All right. And Erica has to leave us now. Um, Sorry. Yep. Yep. Thank okay. you for joining us. So next up is our new segment, um, Fact Finders, with Dana and Kelly. A Jack the Ripper was British. Yeah, so we decided to take a closer look and research more on the subject. The first thing we did was actually watch the episode. <laughs> so what did you think of it? <laughs> Can I take back my recommendation? Never. I think parts uh, of it were certainly factual. However, they spent a significant amount of time on a not very good film version of events called The Lodger. Yeah. I was expecting more of a documentary style film rather than a Hollywood reenactment. It was annoying, unfortunately. But after watching it, we realized that Jack the Ripper was probably included in the series because he was the first sensationalized serial killer. That's right. And since then, every serial killer has been given a name, either one they gave themselves or one made up by the media. Jack the Ripper was the first serial killer to have a worldwide audience, thanks to the affordability of newspapers. So you're saying Jack the Ripper was a trendsetter? (laughs) Yeah, I guess that is what I'm trying to say. (laughs) It was 1888, and most daily newspapers cost about a penny. One thing we do know is that the Jack the Ripper murders were committed in the Whitechapel section of London between 1888 and 1891, and the police believed they were committed by the same person. So, in the name of research, we went on to watch the second episode in the series all about H.H. H. Holmes. He was considered by many to be the first American serial killer, and the murders he committed happened around the same time as the Jack the Ripper murders. Holmes was known as the Beast of Chicago and the White City Devil. And I did a search in EBSCOhost, one of the Madison College library databases, to gain some more insight. I found an article that postulated H.H. Holmes and Jack the Ripper were one and the same. There is even an eight-part History Channel series titled American Ripper on this correlation. I looked at other articles as well, and to me at least, it shows that the dates don't add up for this to be a sound theory. And there's no evidence that he sailed to London and back. But then again, there's also no evidence that he didn't. But it does seem unlikely. 
Also, we think that their MOs don't match up. That's right. Jack the Ripper's murders were all committed in Whitechapel, London. The area at the time was already overcrowded and poverty-stricken and recently inundated with poor and mostly unskilled immigrants. As is often the case, his victims were marginalized by society. They were poor, middle-aged women with no other way to earn money to support their families other than through prostitution. H.H. Holmes's victims didn't match this description. They were men, women, and children of various classes. They seemed to be people that he wanted out of his way. Plus, Jack the Ripper left his victims out in the open for people to find, whereas H.H. Holmes made a strong effort to dispose of his victims in creative ways. All right. So it seems a little surprising that the History Channel would make a whole series on this topic. I guess it is interesting, and perhaps there is something more to the History Channel series. Well, it looks like we can close the book on this case. Yep. Let's hope that next time our topic isn't so gloomy and dark. Right. And if, you, if you'd like to read an excellent book all about H.H. Holmes and the Chicago World's Fair of 1893, the library has several copies of Eric Larson's The Devil in the White City. All right. So next up is our Anything Goes recommendation. Um, and it doesn't have to be a podcast, or it could be a podcast. Um, who would like to go first? Um, Mark, how about you? Sure. Um, since the theme was podcast day, I'm going to recommend a podcast called Glamour Girl mm, yep. by somebody named uh, Megan uh, Fogarty. And uh, the reason I mention that as a podcast is she's also written several books under the Grammar Girl title, and the Madison College Libraries have five of them. Looking for a good uh, writing guide um, that's also fun to read, uh, I would recommend it. Okay, thank you. All right, Dana, do you have a Anything Goes recommendation for us? I do, and I'm recommending a book called The Fifth Risk by Michael Lewis, and I actually brought it along today. Um, we've just recently gotten a copy for our library, and it isn't even cataloged yet. It's that new of a book. <laughs> the top says number one New York Times best-selling author. Um, you might recommend uh, remember some of the titles that my, Michael Lewis also wrote, including The Big Short. The Blind Side and Moneyball, among others. Um, this is a book for anyone that wants to know uh, what's going on inside the White House. Mr. Lewis tells us about how the Trump administration handled, or rather mishandled, the transition <laughs> from the Obama administration. It tells the story of who's running our most important programs, such as the Department of Energy and the Department of Agriculture. And I learned that those names are completely misleading because the Department right. of Agriculture, like only 15% of their goal is actually working on agriculture. Um, what was the other department? The Department of uh, Energy is... Um, yeah, yeah it, it's, a, it's a very big program. <laughs> yep. Um, so the title, The Fifth Risk, uh, he, the author talks about a risk analyst and inside of the, the Department of Energy. And the first part of the book goes over the four biggest risks to uh, the Department of Energy's list. And the rest of the book focuses only on that fifth risk. And I'm not going to give it away because <laughs> it's so good, but yeah. it's 
Definitely eye-opening, and honestly, I have a whole lot more respect for our federal government after reading this book because it sings stories of unsung heroes, and it really gets into just how much work is put into keeping our country and our people safe. I will second that recommendation and um, say that it's a very quick read, and Michael Lewis really has a gift of presenting very complicated topics, um, making them easily understood. And, um, yeah, it's only about 220 pages. I, I think I read it in a weekend. So very good. Um, and I would third that recommendation. Right. Yes. <laughs> All, right. All right. So I would like to recommend um, uh, National Geographic photographer Joel Sartor. I hope I'm saying his name right. He is on a mission to photograph all the animals in the zoos around the world. Oh, are you familiar with him? I think I saw the 60 Minutes interview. Yes, yes, it was yes, fascinating. It was amazing. Yes. And um, you actually might have seen his photographs. Um, the, animal, the animals always have a black or white background, and they're always looking right at the camera. And um, that's very important to him. And sometimes it's easy <laughs> to get animals to do that, um, but it's not so easy uh, for to get a cobra to do it. <laughs> sure, <yeah. laughs> so that, was, that was actually a, a pretty amazing scene. And um, so, yes, and the 60 Minutes uh, piece about was about two weeks ago, I think mm -hmm. it was on there. And uh, he does have two books out now and um, a, a website. Go to his website, and it's called The Photo Arc. And so he's on a mission to, to photograph all the animals, like I said. Um, and unfortunately, there, there was a frog that was the last of its kind, which was very sad. Um, but at least we have a photograph to know what that particular frog looked like. Um, but uh, I guess my favorite one on the piece was the orangutan. She was just incredible. She's the very mild-mannered one? Yes. Was, uh, she was so sweet, and she wanted to hold his hand while he's taking the picture and touch the camera and, and everything. And, of course, the tiger. Just so beautiful. And, and most of the animals are very curious about him because they're pretty tame. They're in zoos. They're used to people. But um, there wasn't it the warthog or something like that that just know. oh my gosh and yep. those things have tusks yep. so um, but he did not want to be photographed that day so um, but anyway so I recommend it it's called the photo arc and the photographer is Joel Sartor awesome. and he's also a speaker so he goes around and he speaks about um, his mission and stuff so it's very good very good yeah. All right, and okay. Jordan? Yeah, so um, I will uh, recommend a couple of podcasts. Now that we found out um, how how little women are represented in the podcast, uh -huh. there are yeah. two that I would recommend. Oh, okay. The first one is by Slate, but it's called Amicus, which is about the Supreme Court with Dahlia yes, Lithwick. I, I really enjoy that. Every two weeks, I believe, I actually wait. To, mm. I wake up in the morning, try to see if it's available um, when it says that it's been 14 days since my previous one. <laughs> right. And usually it's available. Um, and the other one, um, is uh, kind of in the guise of the similar citations needed, but it's called Delete Your Account Podcast. Oh, okay. And I'm going to try to pronounce the name. I, I'm sorry if I do a poor job. Rokaya Chamsadeen and Kumar Salehi. Salehi. Okay. Um, I've only listened to a couple of them, but it is one where, where the woman is the, 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 the main host, okay. and I think she does a really good job interviewing. And um, I wouldn't say it's safe for work, because it definitely has some vulgar language, but uh, okay. you can tell that she's very passionate about what she's doing. Great. Um, 
the last two things I'll talk about is the podcast that I didn't get to talk about is called Opening Arguments, okay. and it's also about the law. The reason why I want to bring it up is because at the very end of each episode, or sorry, uh, it's twice a week, but at the very end of the Friday's episode, they do a bar exam question, oh, and wow. they will read the question, and then they will read out the four um, potential choices, and then on the following Tuesday, they will see who submitted questions via Twitter or Facebook, and then they'll go through um, all of the arguments regarding the four choices and which one ultimately is the correct choice, and most of these questions are actually have some kind of precedent that, that took place in real life life in, in American law, and um, I am not doing very well with answering those <laughs> okay. questions. I think I'm one for four. Do you have an different. interest in taking the bar exam? Or uh, well, so school, or? my partner is, is a public oh, okay. defender in Janesville, and I just want to learn more about a lot of things, and they do a pretty good job at mixing humor with, with the reality of what's going on, and it, for me, it works really well. Okay. Um, the last thing I will say, or that, that I would recommend, um, because I'm a big comic book fan, yeah, there's a new, uh, a second season of the show Castlevania on Netflix, and the reason why I would recommend it is because the author or the writer for that is my favorite, uh, Warren Ellis, who's wrote, written great things like Transmetropolitan and many other that I didn't write down, but I could talk about endlessly off off the air. Um, the new season uh, starts, I believe, on Friday, right before Halloween, so it's a oh, very appropriate okay. time, and uh, I cannot wait. Great. All right. Well, I'm sure we could spend even more time talking about podcasts, um, but it's time to go. Thank you, everyone. Uh, Mark and Brandon, thank you. And um, this has been a production of Madison College Libraries and the Student Achievement Center. See you next time on the Overdue Podcast. <laughs>